John 15 and verse 12 says, This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. This is my commandment. Not a suggestion, but a commandment. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. That is a tall order. That is a big commandment, isn't it? And he said, of course, the greatest commandment is that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is like unto it, that you love your neighbor as what yourself. So in this verse, he tells us that we are to love our, uh, love our brother, love people, and uh, we are to love them as he has loved us. Love one another, love each other as he has loved us. Well, then we are to love our neighbor how as ourselves. Love as Christ loved us and love as, right, as yourself. Well, then what you value, you love. If you value people, then you love them. If you deem them valuable and important and precious to God, uh, then you love them. And so love is a basic commandment to the Christian. And he, as we have studied, has given us the ability to do that. He's not only commanded us to do it, but he's given us this new life on the inside, the new birth. Uh, we've been born again, and our spirit has been born of God, and we have been born of love. And so, therefore, we have the ability to love like God loves how could he command us to do something that we weren't capable of doing? But he has given us the ability to do so because he's given us his love on the inside. So we have God's love nature on the inside. We have the ability to love. We have the ability to obey the commandment to love. And so it is something that we are capable of doing as believers in Christ. Amen. And so God is love. And he that dwells in love. Dwells in God and God in him. So when it comes to developing in the love of God, I'm going to give you a definition. Webster says that to develop means to become larger, fuller, better. Become larger, fuller, better. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In other words, you enlarge your heart. You become more full of the love of God. You become better. At communicating it. All right, then he says, and so on. It means to grow or to evolve, to grow. So there is this love of God that is in your heart by virtue of the new birth, and it is perfect. The scripture says, perfect love cast out all fear in 1 John. So this love of God is perfect, but we are in the process of being perfected in it. Does that make sense? The love itself, because it's God's love, it's the love of God, and he has imparted it to you, is perfect. But we are being perfected in it, or we are developing in it. We are growing in the love of God. It means to be disclosed, disclosed or revealed. It means to show or to work out by degrees, to reveal or make known gradually. So this love is not to be hidden. This love is to be revealed. This love is to be uh, demonstrated. This love is to come out of us, to flow out of us, to reveal, to make known gradually. 
And then he says, in photography, it means to put an exposed film or plate in a printing paper or printing paper in, a, in various chemical solutions in order to make the picture visible. Now, that's pretty much old school development. Of course, today we just take pictures, and that's kind of the way we think, you know. In that process of life, we are instant in our thinking. You know, everything's quick. <laughs> so, in other words, we go get our food quick. We uh, want things to happen quick. We make these uh, communications quick. We tweet or text, and everything's very quick and uh, not so precise, but quick. Not many times very accurate and clear, but quick. Are, are you with me? All right, so uh, in God's way of doing things, God will put you in the slow cooker. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, how many remember the old slow cookers? And uh, they had this uh, little thing on the, what do you call those cookers? It had a little thing, and after a while it whistled. Pressure cooker. <laughs> uh, so there's enough pressure on you that in, eventually you're going to whistle. All right, so it's going to come out of you. you. There has to be a release of pressure. So as a, as a Christian, uh, you know, we just saying, I want to be tried. <laughs> and I'll go ahead and tell you, your biggest test, your biggest trial is in this department, is in the love department. Your biggest test, your biggest trial in life will be in the love department. Because most everything that you have to deal with in life is going to involve love in some way. And so, uh, when the test comes and the pressure comes, you want to be able to whistle. In other words, you want to just uh, be able to let it out in the right way. Because people haven't learned to let it out in the right way. They haven't learned to communicate in the right way. They've not learned effective living, many cases. Either they blow up, or they hold it in, right? And so God has a venting system, and he helps us. He created us to communicate. He didn't create us to just be silent Neither did he create us to explode and lose our cool. He created us to have some balance in our life. And so the Holy Spirit can help us to develop in the love of God so that it is expressed in the right way at the right time. And you're able to communicate in ways that are effective in your life. Not only verbal communication, but facial expressions and demeanor. You're able to communicate in ways that are actually effective. In other words, people are able to respond to you because you communicate in ways that are effective. 
And so relationships are developed in that environment. So developing in the love of God, developing in God's love and developing the love of God in your life will help you to build real relationships that are healthy. And I don't know about you, but I want a healthy relationship with people uh, that is beneficial both to them and myself. And I believe that God wants everybody to have healthy relationships in their marriage, healthy relationships in their families, healthy relationships in their friendships and uh, church relationships and, and all of life, work relationships, wherever you go, whatever you do, that you could have healthy, productive relationships. All right, so how's that going to happen? Well, God has, an, has a way. I just uh, performed the ceremony for uh, Joe and Vanessa yesterday, Pastor Andy's son, uh, Joe. And uh, Joe, of course, is on staff, serves in the youth department with Pastor Andy. And uh, so I performed that ceremony. Well, marriage is quite the commitment. It's quite the commitment. It's kind of, you know, somebody's got to die up here on the altar. <laughs> but it seems like it's kind of a slow death. In other words, it's over years. It's like, we died. I thought I died. I thought that died about two years ago. And then it seems like it resurrected, you know, and. I thought that died, and mm, there it is again. It comes up again, right? You know, you, you think you've made some progress, and, and you find out that you're still in the growth process, right? You think you've made progress, but you find out you're still in the growth pro process, and you're still growing. And so we're all still growing. And uh, in life, in, in the light of God's Word, uh, we want to grow in the love of God, and we want our lives to be blessed. We want our relationships to be blessed. And love is essential for that to occur. And we're not just talking about natural love. Well, I read the scripture yesterday from Ephesians chapter 5. It says that husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Love your wives as Christ loves the church. Or in the same way Christ loves the church, you are to love your wife. Well, we just read, read the scripture in uh, John uh, chapter 15 uh, that we are to love one another as he loves us. So that is not just for the marriage relationship. That's Christianity. And we could say that's Christianity 101. If you want to graduate from here, you're going to have to work in the love department in level two. 102, 103, 104, 105, and all of the different levels of growth, love is going to have to be part of it. It's just part of your Christian growth. So we want to continue the growth pattern. We want to continue to grow in the love of God so that we can be more effective this year than we were last year. <laughs> So when the pressure comes, you want to be able to whistle. In other words, you know, if you, if you know Minister Floyd, he's practicing right now behind his mask. <laughs> Minister Floyd whistles. And so that's kind of one of his things. He walks around and whistles. You know, he's coming down the hall in the office. He's whistling. 
Praise the Lord. All right, so you got to learn to release things in life in the right way. As a Christian, you want to develop in the love of God, and you want to bear the fruit of the Spirit. Now, we, uh, we want to look at a scripture. Uh, we'll look at it briefly in Psalm 1. Because we have looked at this a little bit. So in Psalm 1, it says in verse 2, but his delight, everybody say delight. Uh, One translation said his greatest joy, his greatest joy, his delight or his greatest joy. What does it say here? But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law or in his word does he meditate day and night. In his word does he the believer, meditate, what? Day and night. So day and night would be continually. Day and night would be an ongoing experience in your life, meditating in the Word of God. Let your heart muse. Let your heart meditate. Go over and over the Word of God throughout your day. Doesn't mean you can't be productive through the day. In fact, it'll make you more productive. It'll enable you to manage your emotions much more effectively if you're meditating on the Word of God. If you're considering God's Word, considering God and His presence and His Word throughout your day. All right, so he says, in His Word, does He meditate, laws uh, uh, or the Word of God? Does He meditate day and night? And then he tells you in verse 3, what is the result of this meditation process? Verse 3 says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. This person will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His fruit in his season. Everybody is able to bear their own fruit. His fruit in his season. His is referring to the one who meditates. In other words, the person who meditates in the Word of God day and night will bring forth his fruit in his season or her fruit in her season. So then, in order to be fruitful or productive and really the goal of uh, God in John chapter uh, 15 where it says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth what? Much fruit. What is the goal of that verse? What is the goal that God has in mind in that passage is that you would bear fruit. And later in the chapter, he says that you would bear much fruit. So the goal of God is that you would be a fruit-bearing Christian. A fruit-bearing Christian. Not fruitless. There are certain trees that they will call, they're fruit trees, but they're fruitless. So they've been uh, messed with. That's why they're fruitless. God didn't create anything to be fruitless. I mean, they've done things. Genetically, whatever, I don't, I, I'm not a, uh, a person that knows a whole lot about that, but they've done things to it, so eventually it is now fruitless. People just want it for its view or its look, not for its fruit. 
fruitless olive tree or fruitless whatever uh, kind of tree. Well, God designed trees to bear fruit. The fruit has a seed, and then it reproduces. That's the way God designed everything to function in the beginning. All right, so God creating things. Now, personally, we enjoy grapes that don't have seeds in them, right? Seedless grapes. But you wouldn't have seedless grapes if you did not originally have seeds in the grape. But they've been messed with, right? All right, so then. We like to eat watermelon. You know, I grew up e- eating watermelon, and, uh, you know, I was, lived as, on a farm as a little kid, and, and uh, you know, there are watermelon uh, crops, you know, and so, uh, praise the Lord, you could eat watermelon anytime. All right, so, but you always had seeds. How many like the heart? The heart of a watermelon. Whew, nothing like the heart. All right, but the heart doesn't have any seed. It's just sweet, but all around it is seed. Now, we enjoy eating the heart and enjoy eating the center of that watermelon, and we enjoy eating watermelon without seed, but originally there was seed in the watermelon. It's just been messed with. A lot of Christians have just been messed with. <laughs> They've just been messed with. You know, old school, you know, they used to say, uh, you know, people say, I'm filled with the Spirit, but I don't speak with tongues. And, they, and, and people say, They've just been messed with. They're not filled with the Spirit. <laughs> In other words, they want to just kind of cut out the good part and say, Well, you know, we believe in the power. Uh, we just don't want much demonstration of it. But, you know, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, there is a whistle that will come out. There is a, <laughs> there is a vent pr- process. There is a, a speaking with other tongues, a demonstration of the Holy Spirit as well as an infilling of the Holy Spirit. All right, so then uh, when it comes to a Christian, Christians were meant to bear fruit. They were created to bear fruit. And so you weren't created to be fruitless. You were created to be fruitful, full of fruit. And you were to bear, as uh, John 15 says, much fruit. But without him, we cannot bear fruit. Without abiding in him, living in him, dwelling in him. And one way that you live and abide and dwell and commune with him is by meditation on the word of God. In other words, looking at the Word, going over the Word, musing over the Word, pondering the Word, speaking, uttering, and talking the Word to yourself, going over the Word again and again. And when you get it, on the, uh, get it uh, in that way or get it on the inside by meditation, then it's going to produce, according to this verse, some fruit, isn't it? He or she shall bear fruit in their season. In their season. So there's always a fruitful season in your life. Let's go on here in this verse. He says, then he'll bring forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither. 
and whatever he does will prosper. Well, bearing fruit in your season, uh, we could go to Galatians chapter 5 and Uh, You know, I know I've taught some along this line, but we're just working with it a little bit more here. In Galatians chapter 5, what does Galatians 5 say in verse 22? But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Now, if you study the New Testament carefully, you will find that there is this uh, phrase, in the Spirit, often. This phrase, in the Spirit. There's much communication in the New Testament about the spirit part of you. And it's the spirit part of you that is born again. It's the inner man, the spirit part, that is born of God. It is the spirit part of you that has the life of God in you. So you have life in your spirit. You have God living in your spirit, Christ's life in your spirit. So the fruit of the spirit is love. You have the life in your spirit so that you can bear the fruit of the spirit. Now, if you don't have the life in your spirit, then you're not going to bear the fruit of the spirit. In other words, you got to have this inward life in order for the fruit to come out. If you don't have this inner life, that's why he said, if, if you abide in me and I in you, the same brings forth much fruit. In other words, if you're abiding in Christ and you're living in Christ, then Christ is living in you and there is a spiritual union of the two. You have become one in Christ. That life is in you and so therefore you can bear the fruit that comes out of this life. If you don't have sap in the tree, there's not going to be fruit on the branch. But if you have sap or life in you, then you can bear the fruit on the branches. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. All right, so you are bearing the fruit or you're holding the fruit or displaying or demonstrating. Remember, it's to be uh, what? Revealed, disclosed. It's to grow. Hallelujah. So this fruit on the inside, this life on the inside produces this fruit on the outside. He shall bear his fruit in his season. Now, when it comes to fruit, if the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, meekness, temperance, faith. All right, if the fruit of the Spirit, primarily, we want to focus on love. All right, if you're walking in love, then you're going to bear the rest of the fruit of the Spirit that is listed there as well. So love would be like center. Uh, We could call this the heart. Love is the sweetest part. All right, so if you're going to eat the heart of the watermelon, it's the sweet part. If you get to the heart of the matter, the heart of a Christian, it's the love of God. Harshness, hardness, bitterness, anger, resentment, all of that stuff is of the flesh. It comes out of your flesh. It comes out of the world. All right? But... The heart of a believer is to love. And so, if you are walking in love, that's something that's coming out of your heart. It's coming out of the inward part. It's coming out of your spirit, this inner man that is born again, that has the life of God in him or her. All right, so this fruit of the spirit, love. 
Now, how do you know? How do you know when you're walking in love? Because this development of love or development in love is measurable. It is actually distinguishable. In other words, you can determine if you are. You know, so God didn't make it so mystical that you wouldn't know when this is happening. You know, when I ate the heart out of that watermelon, I knew what I had. I knew I wasn't spitting seeds. I knew it was sweeter than the other part. I enjoyed it more than the other part. Right? I knew what I had. Listen, if you are actually walking in love, you will know. That is, if you are conscious and aware or have any knowledge of what love is. So it is a measurable thing, your growth. Now, not in everything is it easy to measure. Right? In other words, in life, some things are not as easy uh, to measure your accomplishment. And people who desire to accomplish would like things to be a little bit measurable. You could actually tell if you're making advance. In the corporate world, they're going to measure uh, their success by the bottom line in many cases, right? Are we making money? We either are making money or we're not making money. If we're not making money, there's got to be some adjustments down the line somewhere. Because if we're not making money, we're going to be out of business, and nobody's job is going to happen eventually. If we, because you can't go but so far in the hole. So you gotta, you got to make some adjustments if you're not making money. In bottom line corporate world, you got to make money or you're not going to be in business, and everybody's job is going to be down the tubes. Not just, a, uh, you know, the CEO and, and the board and all of that. You know, it's not just them that are going to go. Everybody's going to go. And so uh, it's measurable. So we got to figure out a way to succeed here. For this company to survive, this company, and in our world today, there's a lot of things that people are doing to try to figure out, is this uh, manageable? Can we, can we make a profit here? Are we going to be able to float? Are we going to be able to survive in this economy? Because it's changed the world. All right, so when it comes to love, we have to consider how to measure our spiritual growth or development. And one of the best ways is to define. Thank you, Jesus, what love is. So then you can tell if you're actually walking in it. So that's what 1 Corinthians chapter 13 does. It actually defines it so that you know if you got the heart of the matter or you're spitting seeds. Or if you're just totally fruitless. I mean, at least when you're uh, eating watermelon that had seeds in it, you actually enjoyed some watermelon. Those seeds that you're spitting could also be planted and reproduce and bring forth another watermelon. All right, so in this case, now we can define love, then we can tell if we are making progress. Or if we are kind of 
reverting back to our old way of living. So, looking at love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 in verse 4, it says, love endures long. We talked about enduring this morning. One of the key ingredients to being able to endure is love. Because when you're in the greatest pressure moments, the devil will try to get stuff into your crawl. Because he knows he can whip you good. He not only will try to take you out, but he's trying to actually destroy your life totally, right? He's not just wanting to hurt you a little bit. He wants to kill. All right, so he tries to get things in your crawl because he doesn't want you to endure. He doesn't want you to stick with it. He doesn't want you to get to the end of your faith, as we were talking about today. All right, so he wants to get things in your crawl. He doesn't want you to endure. But love endures long and is patient and kind. Are you patient? Are you kind? Are you kind when others are unkind? Thank you, Jesus. In, in the, my life, generally, if somebody's unkind, I will go out of my way to be kind, to see if I can help motivate them to go another direction. Some cases it works. Some cases it doesn't because they're not motivated. That's their issue. That's not mine. Are you with me? That will go home with them. That will go from their job. I'm talking about in the workplace, you know. Uh, I'll go in a place of business and they are, you know, whatever their problem is today, I don't know what their issues are today. I don't even know who they are. They don't know me in many cases. But if they're unkind, I will endeavor to turn that. And sometimes kindness will gender kindness. And their attitude is, well, they didn't react to me. They may not have it all figured out, but they they know this person was kind. And they know as well that they were unkind. And so sometimes it will generate or gender kindness in response. And they'll change their attitude. You know, attitudes are changeable. Have you ever been at home just uh, having a disagreement with somebody in the house and somebody calls you and you say, hello? (laughs) It took you about two seconds to change your attitude. Adjust your attitude. You were impatient, you were harsh, you were actually perhaps mean. And then somebody else calls you and says, hello. (laughs) You adjusted your attitude. Why don't you try that with that person? The person that you were angry with, that you were harsh with, that you were uh, lashing at. Come on, try changing your attitude with them. Practice at the house, in other words. Don't just practice on people, you know, that may be a solicitor. And you just answer them, hello. And they say, and, and they won't quit talking. 
and you try to say, excuse me, and they just keep talking. <laughs> They're rude, actually. And, and you didn't practice kindness with your own spouse or your own child or your own family. I'm preaching real good. I want to be tried by fire. Here it is. The fire has showed up. Fire's at the house. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, this stuff we sing about and this stuff that we preach about is like real. <laughs> All right. So, he's a patient and kind. Love. So, we're just testing our love here. We're just giving ourselves a love test. You know, right now, because my wife has just had this uh, accident, they're going back to the basics when they talk to her, when they evaluate. They're going back to the basics because they want to see if she can cognitively understand and comprehend and communicate back the right or correct answer. And she has been able to, thankfully. Hallelujah. But she wasn't initially. But thank God. All right, so in Christianity, God wants us to go right back to the basics. Some people think they're so advanced, so advanced in their spiritual walk or growth and you find out that they are not advanced. They are not advanced. No, no, no. You are not spiritually developed or spiritually mature if you can't do this basic stuff. Like be kind. All right, let's, let's go to another one. Love is never envious. Never envious. Envious. Hmm, what's envy? You look at other people and you say, I want. I, I want. I. It's about I. It's about me. I want. I envy what they have. Well, anybody can have what people have, but you don't want to envy what they have because. Love is not envious. Right? God's not opposed to anyone having anything. He just doesn't want you to covet someone else. Their stuff. Envy. That's, envy is like rottenness. It'll rot your soul. All right, let's go on. It's not envious. It doesn't boil over with jealousy. We talked about the pressure cooker. It whistles. It doesn't explode. It just rocks and whistles. And it's balanced. Have you ever seen a pressure cooker work? 
Some of you are like, what is a pressure cooker? You don't even know how to cook, boil water on the stove. I mean, you know. Your advancement is McDonald's. I want number two. You know? Or in and out Burger. I want number one, number two, number three, whatever. All right, so what you know of food. All right, so, so it, it balances on that. It's rocking and it's whistling. So Christianity, when you're walking in love, it's a correct balance and it's a correct sound. But when you get this sound that comes out of you that is harsh and mean and bitter and angry and resentful, there's something wrong. And it's not with everybody else. See, what people think is, it's everybody else. It's other people. It's them. Or it's him or it's her. Uh, in other words, they are unwilling to admit, I am the one that needs adjustment. They're unwilling to admit that. Well, you don't grow in love if you don't face where you're at. I know it's a run around the church message. I know you're just about to boil over. You got to run. All right, so no, it's not that kind of message. It's like where the rubber meets the road is how you live your life, how you live your life on a daily basis. Now, none of us have this perfect. None of us have developed to perfection in this, but we should be at least growing. We should be at least examining and measuring our growth a little bit, considering whether or not we are making some advance. Is life at the house better than it was two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, ten years ago? Is my marriage sweeter than it's ever been? Praise the Lord. I'm in one of the greatest trials of my life, and I love my wife more than I've ever loved her before. I believe that that was real in me all the time, but I feel more love and more love, more love just coming out of me toward her because I do love her and have loved her. But when she's hurting, it makes me love her more. It comes out of me. And really, that's the way God does for you. He loves you so much. When you're in your, in your worst or in your pain, he loves you. So I tell her more that I love her, and I tell her all the time anyway, but I tell her more right now that I love her than I ever have. And it's deep. It's real. It's not just words. It's not just it's some imagination world. It's raw. It's real. She hurts, and I hurt, and I love her. And when you hurt God, it hurts God. In other words, he loves you so much. Well, that's the way we need to treat people. When somebody's hurting, you're not just going to condemn them because 
Generally, what happens is accusation breeds accusation. Accusation breeds accusation. Accusation. And then we get on our high horse. Spiritual high horse, you know. You, so, you know, well, they are saying this and they are doing this. And do you see what they said? And did, do you know this? And now you end up doing the same thing to them that they're di- they are doing. And it's just this. This fleshly war. And you never win in that fleshly war. No one ever wins. I'm going to say it again. No one ever wins in that warfare. When you get on that plane, nobody wins. But when you say, okay, yeah, that's what they're saying. That's what they're doing. But you know... When Jesus was on the cross, what did he do? He forgave them, for they know not. They know not. Ignorance sometimes can be very blind. In other words, people say things, do things, and they're blinded in the moment. Spiritually, mentally, they're blinded. They're actually engulfed in darkness. And so they say things and do things that really... If they were in the light or walking in the light of God and in the light of love, they wouldn't do that. They would re-examine their attitude or re-examine their words and their actions in the moment. And that's really what we're talking about here. You re-examine, and this is something you don't just attain to and now you got that for the next 30 years. No, you're going to have to re-examine yourself for the rest of your life. You're going to have to re-examine your attitude for the rest of your life. If you could set that on automatic, we would just go ahead and set you on automatic pilot tonight and let you fly, baby, fly. But the reality is that does not work because you're going to give out a fuel and you're going to crash. Automatic pilot only works when you have fuel in the tank. And Christianity automatic only works when you got fuel in the tank. You got enough fuel. And I'm thankful that I've had enough fuel that I've been, I've been depositing for many years because when you're in the middle of the test, uh, you don't always have all the time that you had uh, like last year. In other words, you got to depend on, thank God for the word that I've been sowing for a lot of years to be able to maintain in the, in the time of a storm, in the time of testing. Thank God that the word comes up on the inside. You don't want to be trying to figure out, okay, uh, do I know anything about God? Can I find a scripture for this? No. It's not just concordance time. Are you with me? In other words, you got to have something in the tank. You got to have something in, in, in your reserve. Thank God for something in your reserve in the time of test. Praise God. And if you got something in the reserve, if you got the love of God in reserve, it don't matter what's going on around you, praise God, you will be able to overcome. 